Here at The Word Podcast, we wanted to celebrate Pride Month in June by asking some members of the LGBTQIA community their thoughts on queer representation in pop culture. I invited some of my closest friends onto the show and interviewed them about their thoughts on representation in pop culture and asked for some recent and all-time examples of good representation and then how Hollywood and pop culture in general could improve when it comes to queer representation. Here are those interviews. All right, I'm joined now by Jonathan Spur, one of my oldest and dearest friends, and I can't believe it's taken to the fourth season of the Word Podcast before I finally talked him into joining us. How are you doing today, John? If I was any better, I'd be you. <laughs> okay. Well, we're we're celebrating Pride Month here at the Word and the Word Podcast, and uh, Thank we're going to do it. Yeah, of course. And we're going to do an episode talking about uh, queer representation and pop culture. And before we get to the pop uh, culture aspects of things, I just wanted you to introduce yourself, uh, how you identify, and uh, tell us what uh, Pride Month means to you personally. All right. My name is uh, Jonathan. I identify as bisexual and pansexual. Mm-hmm. They're very similar, and sometimes they even confuse me, but. I guess being bisexual, we're known for being confused. So, <laughs> all right. Um, so, yeah, bisexual and pansexual. Uh, Pride Month. Uh, Pride Month means a lot to me because it wasn't until this most, I'm in my 40s now, and it wasn't until the, the last decade that I actually started going to Pride events and celebrating Pride Month because I didn't come out until I was 33. And I actually believe, you know, I still remember. I think we went to Moe's mm. and we're having uh having lunch together when I came out to you. Yeah. Uh, I'm not then, sure if the restaurant was the same, but yes, I remember that. Right. Okay. Yeah. Who knows what the restaurant was? <laughs> it doesn't matter. But I know that, uh, but yeah, but then you were like, yeah, I know. <laughs> so uh, that made it a lot easier. Yeah. Uh, I can't imagine uh, that conversation with, with friends and family uh, and how hard that might be for somebody. Uh, yeah. But I'm, I'm glad I made it easy for you. Yeah. yeah, thanks. Because as we know, I am uh, the hero of, of Pride Month. You are. You are. Yeah. Uh, I hope people, the people don't know us. Uh, they're going to be like, this guy's an asshole. Yeah. We should do a Julian Pride Parade. Yeah, we should. Uh, anyway, uh, let's let's get into uh, some of the uh, pop culture aspects of Pride Month and uh, yeah. queer representation. So, is there anything that you've seen in the last year or so that you thought was a really good uh, form of queer representation in in either television or movies or or even music? If you if you'd rather, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna touch much on on music. <laughs> Most of it's gonna be on the screen. But I do want to give a shout out, you know, to Lizzo, who Mm -hmm. has been just uh, very vocal and animated about her bisexuality. And, you know, and and it's it's great. It's great to see people, you know, especially using using those words uh, that someone is bisexual when usually it just it gets enveloped into just being gay. Mm -hmm. And um, and it's not the same, not the same. But um so that's that's a that's just my quick touch on music. But uh, in the in the past couple of years, there are, there are a couple of things that have stood out. For one, uh, the Marvel 
and Disney Plus series Loki uh-huh. came out with uh, Tom Hiddleston playing Loki, and in the in the in the first season that they they gifted to us, I'm a I'm a big fan, so yeah, <laughs> they uh, he actually made reference to his bisexuality or his polysexuality, which saying polysexual kind of encompasses bisexual, pansexual. It just means you're attracted to more than one gender. Mm-hmm. So, um, so it was nice to see Loki come out as bisexual. You know, Loki has has kind of been a bisexual icon anyways just because he's the god of chaos and a lot of bisexuals identify with chaos um another one is our flag means death Mm -hmm. a new hbo max series yes by by taika waititi Mm -hmm. and uh although and taika is doing he's he's doing the lord's work i'm telling you (laughs) (laughs) uh he himself is not queer or openly queer, but he is he is putting uh, queer people and queer characters on screen uh, just uh, across the, you know, from sexual identities to gender identities. Um, he's putting it all out there and it's just it's fun to see, in, especially in his own chaotic way. But but yes, we will allow him to keep made, making anything he wants to. Oh, of course. Uh, Laszlo on uh, What We Do in the Shadows is definitely one of my favorite uh, queer uh, characters on, on television. And that's a, a show that uh, yes. Taika Waititi produces and uh, helped create for FX, uh, yeah. which people can also see on Hulu if they stream. Yeah, I need to borrow a password. <laughs> we, we can accomplish that. Good deal, good deal. Yeah, just, so is, uh, there, is there anything in the past that you've seen that, that you thought was a a uh, real good representation of uh, of queer life, and I, I know that as the further we we go along and into the future, uh, shows and movies are getting better about that than they used to be. So it may be a harder uh, question to pull something from the past, right? And it's and it's hard for me to dig back too far because mm-hmm. uh, I didn't really come to terms with my own sexuality until probably right around when I was 30 mm-hmm. uh, and it, you know, it took about three years for me to, to, to go public with that. Yeah. Uh, which there's no timeline. That's not long or short. Yeah. Uh, but um, so a lot of the stuff I've seen and really uh, delved into has been more recent, say in the past, all, all within the past decade. Mm-hmm most of it so um more recently you have stephanie beatrice beatrice's uh portrayal of rosa diaz on brooklyn 99 yes is that on peacock i believe uh you can watch it on peacock now it, it was uh it started on fox finished on nbc i believe you can stream it on peacock and maybe hulu it was passed around but i'm so glad it was passed around so they could keep making uh making those phenomenal episodes i feel like it's one of the most uh aware uh shows out there right now but uh the way first off stephanie beatrice she identifies as bisexual herself yes, she does and her her character rosa diaz comes out as bisexual on the show in one of the most amazing <laughs> ways uh and it was 
it was it was just fantastic you know every I, just thinking about it I still kind of like get welled up because it's just like oh my god you know because first of all rosa diaz is a, a certified you know bad badass. yes yeah indeed yeah and she so just to to see that happen on screen uh you know first with the episode with um well, I think she's on a trip and she's sharing a room with, I, Lord, I can't remember his name at all right now. But uh, but he hears her conversation with a woman. And, you know, the woman refers to her as babe over the phone. Uh-huh. So, um, so she's like, yeah, I'm dating a woman. And so that started it. And then, you know, she comes out to the precinct. But I think the the part that really spoke to me the most is the the time when Rosa's parents come into town mm-hmm. um, and and she wishes to come out to them so it was I, I, I guarantee you that the writing was written by a bisexual or someone or, or someone very close to a bisexual because all the questions all the things that her parents were saying on the show are the most common responses bisexuals get when they try to come out. Yeah. A lot of them like, like for example, you hear Danny Trejo goes, it's just a phase, you know? And it's like, well, you know, phases end, but you know, it's just, it lasts for, well, as long as it's going to last. Yeah. But, uh, go ahead. Yeah. No, I'm glad you brought up Brooklyn Nine-Nine because it actually uh, is one of my favorite shows of the last decade. And I actually have a couple of uh, questions that one of them has to do with the Rosa Diaz character. Another one has to do with uh, Captain Raymond Holt, who's another uh, gay character on the show played by Andre Brower. And we'll, we'll do the, uh, the Rosa Diaz one first because yeah. you just mentioned it up. So that the part that you mentioned where she comes out as bisexual is probably more than halfway through the series. Is it somewhat weird or complicated that they spring that upon the audience that late into the series or do you think the fact that the actress uh, is by herself maybe she was ready to to come out to a a wider audience and that's why they did it because sometimes a show will 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 wait multiple seasons and then just to kind of throw a different plot point in they'll they'll, uh, you know like one one that I doubt you watch, but there's an ABC show called A Million Little Things, and they had a character in the most recent series who uh, was married to a man previously. She comes out as bisexual, and you just don't really see it coming. So it, it's kind of interesting. Is is that something? What do you? How do you feel about that? Well, especially nowadays, when you know there there's been such a dichotomy when it comes to sexuality. You're either gay or you're straight, and uh, a lot of people who are bisexual didn't really, I mean, there was a lot of confusion because like society only left two options and the bisexual mm-hmm. people are sitting there going, uh, mm-hmm. you know, we don't fit in either group in some circumstances. It's hard to, it's hard to, to know where we belong. And so the idea that shows will have people coming out as bisexual, I think is also a sign of you know, the, uh, our current culture and society, because people are becoming more, com- they're, they're getting more comfortable with it and they're willing to 
I think they're putting it on screen because people are starting to do it at home. And people, when they see it on screen, it may give them the strength to do it at home. Yeah. Um, now, if it's totally not part of the plot where, you know, Rosa, that definitely was because mm-hmm. she was dating a woman. So, and you know, before she came out, we had our suspicions. Yeah. So. <laughs> well, and I asked this to another friend recently, and I wish I had got it on on uh, recording for the podcast. But she asked me, "Is the actress uh, gay or bisexual herself?" And in the case of of Stephanie Beatrice, it's yes. But in the case of of a show like A Million Little Things, or even another recent show who had a, a similar character come out as as gay, uh, New Amsterdam, a medical drama on NBC, the actresses in those instances were are not part of the lgbtqia plus community in real life and that mattered to this friend that i talked to because it didn't seem as as realistic or it just it felt like they were just doing it as as part of the to throw something into the plot does that matter to you it does it does absolutely because i mean they <sighs> these producers will they want to make a, a character in their show gay or bi or trans or anywhere on the rainbow. Uh, and so sometimes they'll use um, out actors to mm-hmm. portray these roles. And sometimes they will use, I like to say, not out actors. Mm-hmm. Because it's a slippery slope when you get into making actors prove their sexuality yeah, before accepting roles. Now, the thing I just, the thing I ask is, you know, just try. Yeah. You know, don't force it into your story if it's not there. Um, but, you know, if, if there's an opportunity, absolutely go for it. And then if you have the opportunity to cast uh, you know, someone from the community that that's even better, but you know what? You may have an actor that gets in there and does a phenomenal job. And then they may come out and be like, you know, I, I too am queer. Yeah. And this, this role helped me realize this. So I think it's, I think it's a bit, I don't know. Some people just want the views. Yeah. Well, this kind of in some ways gets to the second Brooklyn Nine-Nine related question I had about Captain Hulk. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's one of my favorite characters in the history of television. Andre Brower's deadpan performance is brilliant. I think he should have won Emmys. But he is a straight actor playing a gay character on television. Is that problematic? I don't think so. Okay, uh, I th- I think uh, I think that I'm still on that side of things uh, because I love his performance. I love other performances like Eric Stone Street and Modern Family. Right. But there are people out there who think that these roles should go to uh, LGBTQ uh, plus people because uh, it's almost like taking roles from from their uh, you know Absolutely. out of their pocket. Yeah. yeah, and that that matters too. You know, both of these things can matter at the same time. And, um, you know, but providing roles to 
actors who are members of the LGBTQIA plus community is, is important. And that's because, you know, for decades and decades and decades, you know, since the beginning of movies, uh, people weren't allowed to be out. Yeah. And do that. And so now actors are now, now that actors can come out and be like, hi, I'm a member of the queer community. Hi, I'm fill in the blank. Um, I think I think it's important to look to them for for certain for certain roles. Yeah. But not every role. Yeah. Because there are gonna be some circumstances with um like Andre Brower who just mm. you know, I'll I'll be honest, this is the first time I've heard he's straight. <laughs> I mean, I mean, yeah, I mean, I guess that's because he, he plays the role so well. He does. He but does. I guess, uh, what I'm kind of thinking is I would hate to take roles of uh, straight characters away from, say, Neil Patrick Harris, who played Barney Stinson in How I Met Your Mother and did an amazing job at yeah. it. And uh, uh, so, but, but I don't know. It, it's, I can see how some people would compare it to, uh, Mickey Rooney once playing a Japanese character in Breakfast at Tiffany's. Oh, that was man, that was an amazing performance. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, that was. I just, uh, I just. Okay, I know, I know you do, and that it, it's unfortunate because that is a, a terrific classic movie, and that that spot, that part, just kind of is cringeworthy to look back on. Yeah, but this... let's get to let's get to the biggest question we have is okay. How what do you think of? queer representation when it comes to pop culture today uh is it enough if not how can they get better uh basically just just that question it's it's the important question the easiest question because the answer is no it's not yeah and and everybody (laughs) i've talked to so far has said no so i mean it's not it's not a hard question but but i think the second part is how how can uh, how can we get better it may not be a hard question but uh we're not sure if hollywood will implement that right Right, and there's still there's still a lot of barricades mm-hmm. um, for for Hollywood for television. Um, you have some you have some great showrunners out there. Yeah, like uh, Greg Berlanti. For mm-hmm. uh, he got his, I believe he got his. He really got traction in the TV writing community when he was writing for Dawson's Creek, mm-hmm. and he was part of the team that that created the scene with the two with the same sex kiss which i believe was the first same sex kiss on television at that like in that time well yeah well i'm I'm just assuming it is i I never caught dawson's creek no nor i nor i i just read the wikipedia before we came on the show (laughs) (laughs) but uh no but greg greg berlanti ended up um getting into the CW arena mm-hmm. and created the Arrowverse, or also called the Berlanti verse, because mm-hmm. it also includes like Riverdale. But you have shows like, and all of these shows have queer representation. And like, uh, you started with Arrow, then there was The Flash, uh, Supergirl, Black Lightning, Batwoman, Legends of Tomorrow, Constantine. Uh, all of these shows have queer representation, and they're great. Sometimes they're a little one-dimensional, but it's just I love I love seeing it because if I was a kid, it would have really helped me out. Uh-huh. 
if I had seen more people on television like me who had uh, thoughts and feelings like me and, you know, and um, I mean, heck, even it, you know, in my twenties, it would have been nice. Yeah. Just something to show me that like, Oh yeah. What, what you're feeling, what you're going through actually exists. And this is what it's called. But um, so how do you make it better? You get, you get people, you get you get people you get true allies in the industry you know you have a lot of people you know a lot of these a lot of these studios that will throw throw queer characters in when it's convenient Mm -hmm. but won't go the extra mile mile to to really work on that representation um some studios do well and some do bad and some do well and bad yeah. I'm looking at Disney. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, you can get specific if you'd like. Right. Yeah. Definitely. Um, Disney has a tendency to like throw in representation as a response to them being maybe prejudiced. Yeah. Maybe, or perhaps Disney money's going to a, a government cause mm-hmm. that is, that's anti um equity for the lgbtq community but also can we just talk about captain captain jack on doctor who yeah yeah whatever you want oh man captain jack harkness so as i'm watching doctor who and uh you know with my new uh newfound reality of my sexuality captain jack harkness was just a breath of fresh air just seeing someone so unapologetically by on screen. And uh, I really, I think he, he probably qualifies as pansexual because he, yeah. he even went outside the, outside the human species. So, <laughs> yeah. So that's pretty, pretty special, which, you know what, if I meet an alien, I'm, I'm definitely gonna, you know, ask him over. Yeah. I mean, I, we probably should, uh, <laughs> should mention alien species. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, that, that another great um, example of representation for us. I wonder what Oods can do with all those tentacles. I mean, have you have you not looked that up already? No, I have not. I'm not I'm, I think I'm all right with that. There's an amazing amount of fan art. Yeah. Okay. Uh, actually, before I'm glad that you brought up uh, Captain Jack and bisexual because uh, I was almost about to uh, to get toward the end of this because we're running late on time. But uh, uh, you mentioned uh, uh, before we did the show that you wanted to mention uh, by erasure. And I think we need to we need to get to that before before we finish up. Yeah. Yeah, and we'll touch on that quickly. And by erasure is when. Um, it's basically when you when when you force a dichotomy in in whatever your form your medium of entertainment is where people are either straight or gay you know in a movie if someone is found out oh you know they're having you know this woman is having an affair with a woman or have or just in a i should say this woman is in a relationship with a woman yeah. oftentimes they'll be like oh she turned gay mm-hmm. um where oftentimes you know it's just like the, the character is is obviously bisexual in this. This is what's this is what's yeah. happening. But they avoid that word um uh very much. So it's it's nice to see, especially in Brooklyn nine nine when Rosa specific she repeatedly says the word bisexual and I'm uh-huh. just 
oh yes this is good this is good every time i'm just like i'm, I'm feeling this so um yeah any any you know the bisexual representation is great except for one one actor who did it completely wrong and that's uh kevin spacey yeah yeah but that's it yeah yeah. Uh, well, I want to thank you for uh, for joining uh, the podcast and talking I about. Finally made it on. Yeah, uh, and we're gonna we're not gonna wait four seasons before you do it again. Uh, um, I'm gonna I'm gonna see to that. I'm Haley's comet. Yeah, apparently. Well, um, I just want to thank you for uh, for talking about uh, queer representation in pop culture, and uh, yeah, we'll definitely have you on again soon. Yeah, thanks for doing this episode. You know, of it course. was my pleasure. All right. Bye. Hi, this is Julian Spivey with the Word Podcast, and I am joined today by my good friend Cassidy Gibson. And I've wanted to have Cassidy on the podcast for many years now. Finally got her. Uh, So thanks for joining us today, Cassidy. Hi, I'm finally here and I'm happy about it. (laughs) And we'll, we'll, we'll get you again for some other stuff in the future. But I wanted to have you today for our Pride Month episode. We're going to talk about representation in pop culture. Uh, but first, I uh, wanted you to tell us a little bit about yourself and how you identify. And then you can uh, let us know what uh, Pride Month, which of course is every June, what that means to you. Sure, absolutely. Um, so I identify as a pansexual woman. Um, so I'm basically being pansexual means that you are attracted to all genders. So don't discriminate against anybody. <laughs> um, as far as what Pride Month means to me, um, I come to terms with my sexuality until probably my early 20s. Um, so I was repressed for a very long time. So when I finally got comfortable enough to be open about it and express my sexuality, Pride Month was just another way to, I guess, be proud and be out there and um, not want to hide within myself, like be able to show who I truly am. That is excellent. I'm glad you're able to share with us who you truly are. Uh, so let's talk about uh, representation in pop culture. I know for the longest time, uh, GLAD, which uh, I unfortunately have to remind myself what it stands for. Uh, it's the Gay and Lesbian Alliance. There's there's more uh, letters there. Uh Uh, so, uh, they do a report every year about representation in television and movies, and usually it's not so great, the representation. It's like only a small percentage of TV and movie shows, uh, have gay and lesbian characters, and, uh, but even though it's not great every year, the percentage does seem to get higher and higher as we get more uh, open as a society. Uh, So I want to uh, see what some of your favorite moments of LGBTQIA plus representation in pop culture have been over the last year. It could be movies, TV, music, pretty much anything in the pop culture realm, Uh, something that really spoke to you or you identified with. So, so what do you have? Absolutely. Um, The one that I can think of that I just absolutely loved recently was the character of Robin Buckley in Stranger Things. Mm -hmm. Um, Introduced her in the third season. Like I thought, okay, this is going to be sorry for anybody who hasn't seen Stranger Things. Sorry, spoilers. If you haven't watched it, then that's your fault. But (laughs) um, I loved how they introduced her in the third season as a potential love interest. 
um, for Steve. And I was like, okay, this is going to be another trope of the really popular hot guy falls in love with the weird girl. We've seen it a billion times, but when it was revealed that she was in fact gay, that just floored me because I was like, oh my gosh, they're actually going to do it. And, um, that friendship that, um, I guess it solidifies between the two of them, I think was just a great representation of people being people, you know, you have a person you care about, um, you know, come out to you and, you know, someone that you've known for a while, someone that you do care about, um, come out to you and it shouldn't be a big deal. You know, it should just be like, okay, I get it. We're going to move on with our friendship now. So I thought they did that really well. And of course, moving into the fourth season now, uh, where you just get to hear like her conversations of, Oh, I like this girl. Um, I don't know what to do. And just trying to get advice from her friend. Um, I, I just thought it was done really well. And it's great to see a gay character like that in such a popular show like stranger things. Yes. And uh, of course uh, uh, the character is played by Maya Hawk, who is the uh, uh, daughter of actors, uh, Uma Thurman and Ethan Hawk. And I wanted to uh do, do we know if Maya Hawk is actually uh, part of the LGBTQ community? You know, I hate to say I have not researched that. Um, it would be 10 times better if she is. That's yeah. a, one problem with representation in the media is that they get a lot of straight actors to mm. portray gay characters when they need to find, you know, gay actors to portray gay characters. Um so I don't know. I I'm, yeah. I, I can't. Haven't researched that. I I can't find uh, if she is or not. I know she is dating a, a man right now, but that that doesn't necessarily mean anything, of course. But yes. uh, that was going to be my next question. Uh, was what you kind of got at that? What do you? How do you feel about straight people playing uh, characters that are uh, LGBTQ? Um, I I don't necessarily love it. Mm-hmm. Um. I guess, I don't know. I guess I can't. Hollywood is troubled. (laughs) I think everyone knows that. Um, So like, you know, I can play it off as, oh, well, maybe that actor was the best person for that role. But I think since we don't have great representation of the LGBTQ community, like it's crucial that they are trying to find gay actors to portray gay characters because i mean really those actors will know how to play the role best if that makes sense yeah Uh, since they since they've experienced it themselves i think that that's um it would come off more powerful since it's going to be so personal to them what would you say to people who are who would say well it's just acting so of course they uh straight people should be able to to perform uh gay characters I can, I can understand that to an extent, but with, I guess I just go back to me being in the closet, (laughs) like how, like it was so hard to find good gay representation because that's like, you know, it's a big deal. Media, we consume it all the time. Mm -hmm. Um, Without that representation, like, you know, it's, am I wrong? Like, am I the bad person and I weird because you know I, you don't see that out there so I think for people especially that are questioning or having a hard time coming to terms with their sexuality uh, seeing an actor portray a gay character in a show we love music we love movies we love um and then they are actually gay in real life that is that is absolutely crucial I think yeah um so yeah it, I think it 
it definitely needs to get better to to make it better. So we talked about a recent um, representation in pop culture that you really like. Do you have like a favorite moment or show or even musician or, or something of all time that, that you really identify with or really spoke to you? Um, Little Nas X, actually. Mm-hmm. This is recently, too. Yeah, but like... it's, it still goes back a few years. So, yeah. so. He was, uh, I think, from what I've read, which I don't know what that's completely accurate when old town road was at number one on the billboard hot 100 i believe um Mm -hmm. he came out as gay Mm -hmm. and i believe he is the first ever or one of the first ever to do that and then continue on to have several you know hit the top 100 after that especially you know as being in hip-hop um being a person of color i just i thought that was an excellent move um, and of course he's still very successful. So I, I thought that that was just very, um, very brave of him, of course, but awesome for everyone that can see him be successful. It feels even more brave being that he's in hip hop, uh, which is one of the communities in pop culture that seems to be the, the slowest to uh, accept uh, gay culture. So it really feel, felt like uh, just really a huge moment for hip hop. Yeah, I totally agree. So I think that's why it resonates with me so much that that just he he continues to be so successful. And like I, I follow him on TikTok and Instagram and everything else. But no, that was I think that was absolutely amazing. Um, so I continue to follow him, even though I'm not the biggest fan of hip hop. It's not mm-hmm. one of my top genres. I will continue to support him and listen to him because of that. Yeah, uh, I didn't really ask you to prepare something for this, so you may not have something. I'm throw throw you a, a, a question that just popped into my head. Are there any examples? It doesn't have to be recently, but are there any examples of representation or bad uh, representation when it comes to gay culture and in, in entertainment? Uh, or I- or- something you saw or heard or listened to that you're just like that is not that's not very good sure um nothing that really pops into my head i just think i'm so over the tropes of Uh the gay best friend you know in the movies that has nothing to bring to the table except being sassy and you know like those are so i think those are hurtful stereotypes Mm -hmm. or like you know the lesbian friend that's like oh outdoorsy and i can fix the car like I just think that those are so, they're just bad. And I think that they need to stop, especially, you know, as we're getting better, of course, we're not, it's not still not there in the media, in my opinion, but as we continue to see it grow more and more, I think those tropes need to be put to bed. I think they need to stop. Uh, How do you feel about the, uh, well, I know how you're going to feel, but what do you think of the kill your gaze trope? That was a big thing over the last, uh, maybe not so much now, but it was a pretty big thing, maybe a half decade or so ago. Yeah. How do you mean the kill your gaze? Well, it's like uh, if you like almost every time a TV show and I think CW shows were really bad about this. If they had a gay character, that character was always going to die. It's like TV gay TV characters were constantly being killed off on TV shows. Oh, gosh. Well, that's That's why that's why I got the the kill your gaze uh, uh, title. Gotcha. I'm probably one of the worst people to be talking about media. You know, if you ever bring up a movie or show, I'm like, I haven't seen that. (laughs) I, um, gosh, you know, that's awful, but it kind of makes sense to me just because they, 
it's so behind that they probably could not develop any more storylines for those characters. Cause kind of back to what I was saying, they are just mostly supporting characters. Like it, they, I have yet to see, um, which I guess if anybody wants to suggest something to me, you know, later, um, like a great main character that is gay. Um, which of course, like I said, I'm awful at, at keeping up with TV shows, movies, music, all of that. But, you know, it's, it's always a supporting character. So that almost makes sense to me that they kill him off. Cause they're like, oh, okay, we don't know where to go with this now. So bye. <laughs> uh, let's see a great make. Do you mean in, in movies or just TV? What is it? Well, you said you have yet to see like a, a great main character who, who is gay. Do, do you mean like in television movies, both? Kind of both, because even like even back well, to did, Robin did you, Buckley and Stranger did you Things. Watch, like, uh, <laughs> did you watch Shit's Creek? I didn't. No. Okay, so you wouldn't know much about uh, David, played by Dan Levy. Uh, I think that's the case of a great uh, of a recent great uh, gay character on a TV show, and of course Dan Levy is uh, is gay in real life. Uh, so th- that's one I would recommend. Uh, there's a new movie on Hulu uh, starring Joel Kim Booster and Bowen Yang called Fire Island, and I think uh, that's that's pretty pretty good movie. Uh, so I would also recommend that one if you get a chance. Perfect. Yes, I'll have to watch both of those. Uh, but let's. Let's get to the uh, biggest question that I have to ask. Do you think there's currently enough representation uh, for the LGBTQIA plus community in uh, pop culture? And if not, what are some ways you think pop culture can get better about that? Sure. Um, there definitely isn't. Um, I think that definitely made strides, strides over the last few years, but um, it's definitely not where it needs. Definitely not. Um I mean, I, uh, personally being pansexual, I, um, don't think, and again, like I said, horrible at this, but I don't think I've ever seen a sexual character, um, being a main character in a movie or TV. Um, so honestly, just back to representation, um, just trying to find the most diverse, uh, crowds and trying to make a story. Um, mm-hmm. I think that would be the best way, um, just to really, including everyone um and of course back to representation um in media i mean not even just with um lgbt but also with people of color that needs to get better with people mm-hmm. with disabilities that needs to get better so i mean it it i think it just needs to get better all around um for people of different um people of different groups definitely I think for pop culture, especially movies and TV, uh, music doesn't seem to have as big of an issue. But especially for movies and TV, for for shows to be more realistic, I think you need to have more representation in all fields. Absolutely agreed. Well, with music, I guess it, a lot of it is more symbolic, so it it can be um, taken many different ways. But yeah, definitely with. Uh, movies and tv where it's being acted out real life a real story um it, it needs to it needs to get better definitely yeah well cassie i'm uh, glad you could finally join us here on the word podcast i really appreciate your uh, thoughtfulness and all your responses today and uh i uh, can't wait for people to, to hear what you have to say yeah perfect i had fun thank you for having me you happy bet. pride month <laughs> all right thanks for joining me bye All right, this is Ian Spivey with the Word Podcast, and I'm happy to be joined today by my friend, Addie Hemingway. Addie, how are you doing? 
Hi, Julian. I'm doing really well. Thank you so much for having me. Good. Happy Pride Month. Thank you so much. Happy Pride Month to you as well. Thank you. Uh, so let's uh, just talk a little bit about yourself at first. Uh, tell us uh, how you identify and let us know what uh, Pride Month means to you. Yeah, um, so I identify as a gay woman. Um, I prefer gay rather than lesbian, but that's mm-hmm. honestly just up to the person. Um, my pronouns are she, her, and I came out when I was about 15. So Pride Month is really important to me. It's a time where we get to celebrate and talk about important issues, um, where we really get a platform to be able to talk about it. Um, celebrate ourselves and what makes us different and also what makes us similar. Yes. And I'm glad that I finally uh, just popped up to me today. We've been doing this podcast for four years. Uh, well, not, it didn't pop up to me today, but this month I'm like, we haven't done a pride month uh, podcast yet. And there's so much, uh, both good and bad to talk about when it comes to, uh, LGBTQIA plus representation. I agree. So I'm glad to have you here today. Uh, let's, let's start out. Something in the last year uh, that really stood out to you or you identified with from either movies, TV, music, pretty much anything in pop culture, if, if you want to talk about that, that you really thought was a great representation of, of uh, gay and lesbian slash uh, any of the others uh, culture. Definitely. Um, well, first I want to talk about Ariana DeBose um, winning an Oscar for Best Supporting Actress um, for West Side Story. She's super talented. And she actually made history as the first openly queer woman of color to win an acting award at the Oscars, um, which is such a big deal um, for the community, for people of color and for queer people. Historically, the Oscars have a, a pretty big pattern of awarding and nominating straight white actors. Um, and I hope with this, that'll open up more doors for so many more types of people to get accolades for acting. Plus, years into the Academy Awards, we're still having a first like that. I know. It, it was crazy to me, too. I, I didn't even know until I read an article about it. And I mean, I was like, it can't be right because the Oscars have been around for such a long time. And the fact that this is the first time was astonishing to me. Yeah. Uh, is there anything else recently that really stood out to you? Um, well, it wasn't this year, but my favorite representation of all time, and it was pretty recent, um, was David Rose and Patrick Brewer from Schitt's Creek. Mm-hmm. They're my favorite gay couple on TV. Um, and the reason why I love them so much is because their characters are written so well. The relationship feels really natural. And it's something that I hadn't really seen before. So much effort being put into making the characters interesting and complex on their own. I feel like sometimes in TV and movies, gay relationships become the character instead of the characters themselves. Um, And I didn't think that was the case for David and Patrick. You got to see so much about what makes them as individuals so wonderful and relatable. And the fact that they were gay and were in love was just like an awesome bonus. So it was really great to see that in TV. Yeah, of course, uh, David Rose is played by Dan Lett and uh, Patrick was played by Noah Reed in the series. But I want to ask, how, how much do you think 
that that has to do with the fact that Dan Levy, who is is gay in real life, was one of the executive producers and creators of the show? I think he had a lot to do with making that relationship feel so loving and relatable. Um, You could tell that there was a lot of connection between um, him and Noah Reed and that there was a real connection there and that they just played into it. Um, And it just was nice to see. Do you think that, uh, that uh, creators, you know, uh, writing about stuff that they've experienced in real life when it comes to being part of the uh, LGBTQ plus community, do you think that's necessary to really get something realistic like we saw from Schitt's Creek as opposed to, uh, straight people writing gay characters? Yeah, I think that really enriches the character. Um, putting your own experiences, your own struggles into the character because people relate to that. That's when people can see themselves on TV is when realness is put into the character. Yeah. Is there anything uh, else recently or all time that a really good representation for you or that you identified with or really spoke with you and pop culture? Um, I don't know if you have been watching First Kill on Netflix. Um, it's a Romeo and Juliet meets Twilight. And it's really cool because the main protagonists are teenage, teenage lesbian vampires. Okay. Um, so it's pretty, it's sci-fi, it's pretty wild, but it's so much fun. Um, It explores the feeling of being young and queer and struggling with the feeling that you have to hide a part of who you are. Um, So the metaphor behind being a vampire, it it really spoke to me as, you know, a younger woman who had struggled with coming out in high school. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's interesting. A common way for uh, uh, members of the LGBTQ uh, community to uh, to tell their stories. It's very interesting. Yeah, I think that kind of like ties in with the feeling of being different, or that you have to you have to hide a part of yourself from people who may love you because you feel like you may lose those people. Yeah, uh, let's get into something that I, we kind of briefly touched on with Dan Levy and his character from Shit's Creek. Uh, how do you feel, because he, of course, is gay in real life and played a gay character on the screen. How do you feel about straight actors performing in, in gay or lesbian roles? I have a bit of a mixed feeling about that. I do believe that more opportunities should be given to queer actors um, because they could, they just, that's the opportunity they have. Um, I think if you're a straight actor, you can get, pretty much any role you want but there are some roles that can only be filled by um not filled but um that gay actors can attain Mm -hmm. so it's important that those are set aside for the people who that's the only role that they can get where we are now politically yeah uh and and the most important question is uh do you think that there's currently enough uh LGBTQA plus representation in pop culture, where whether it's movies, TV, music, etc. 
I don't think that there is enough representation. I know that there has been a push recently for inclusivity and representation, and we are doing better, but I am often disappointed by the representation that we get. Um, And that kind of goes into straight actors playing gay characters. Um, And I think a specific example I have is recently the show First Lady, um, they explore Eleanor Roosevelt's relationship with um, a lesbian, mm-hmm. um, a lesbian relationship that she'd had while in the White House. And the person that they chose to play, her lesbian lover, was Lily Rabe. And I love Lily Rabe. She's a great actress. She's really talented. But I think they chose her to make the fact that Eleanor had a lesbian lover more palatable because she was a feminine presenting woman when in history um the the woman's name is Lorena she was a butch presenting lesbian Mm. and I think that we need to see all types of representation all types of people not just the people that are I don't know palatable to straight people yeah. What are some ways you think that uh, especially movies and television in general could get uh, better when it comes to uh, representation? Still there, Addy? Addy, can you hear me? Hello. Hey. Hi, hear- sorry. I think I lost you. Can you repeat that last question? Yeah. Uh- what are some ways you think uh, pop culture, especially movies and television, can get better uh, when it comes to representation? Bring, uh, more people in the community? I think that's a, be- uh, a big part of it. Um, I think another big part of it is accepting those characters and those actors the way they are mm-hmm. when they're not in the movies. Um, a lot of it translates to real life. Um, if we accept them on screen, we should be able to accept everybody off screen. Yeah. Well, is there anything else that you wanted to, to mention in the podcast before we wrap up? Um, I just wanted to say that I'm really happy to be here touching on some topics that are important to me and representing my community. I think that's really great. So thank you for a- asking me to be on today. Yeah, I'm thrilled to have we'll have you again uh on some other topics in the future uh so thanks for joining me and i hope uh, you and uh and um all your friends loved ones have a great uh friday month thank you so much all right take care all right here with Corey kruger and alex i'm sorry i didn't catch your last name alex that's is it bets b-e-t-z yeah okay so Corey and alex and uh let me t- uh tell me a little bit about y'all self so how do you identify what does pride month mean to you and that kind of stuff um so i'm Corey. i identify as a lesbian um and i guess pride to me is all about community um about you know sharing our past and fighting for our future and you know just coming together all right and you alex and I'm Alex. I'm also a lesbian. I use she or they pronouns. And for me, Pride Month is 
a time to celebrate um, and uplift queer voices and organizations and make sure that our stories are spread and heard and hopefully we can do that all year. Yes, uh, that would be amazing if uh, if we could extend the feelings and celebrations we have every June throughout the entire calendar. Uh, and I'm yeah, happy to ha- I'm happy to have you, Alex, on the show uh, along with Corey because uh, I've done a bunch of you know, not a bunch I've done a few interviews already, and and y'all are the first couple uh, to do it, oh. so, uh, so that's uh, that's a little extra special. So yeah. let's get into uh, something on either television or movies, or even if you'd rather music, anything in pop culture is fair game that you've seen in maybe the last year or so that you thought was a, a good representation of queer life or just uh, queer values, et cetera, on, uh, in pop culture? Okay, I have to start. <laughs> I have to start with talking about Our Flag Means Death. Uh-huh. Which I is, have watched, sorry? Which is a newish uh, HBO Max show. Yeah, it's an HBO Max show. It's, yeah. <clears throat> it's a romantic comedy, mm-hmm. uh, kind of a workplace doc, almost style kind of show, but pirates. Mm-hmm. And it, like, bases off of, like, a real, like, real people, but it doesn't stay true to, it's not, like, historical or anything like that. Mm-hmm. But it's, and so because it's, like, pirates and the piracy, it's not, like, queer lives at the time, per se, but, like, at our current time, but um, more just, like, how how amazing it is that, um it's not really questioned who's out and who's not. Um, or if someone is, it's like not made a big deal of, um, and everything just happens. So like naturally. And mm-hmm. it's just kind of nice to like suspend homophobia. Yeah. <laughs> How yeah, that's, much? That's definitely our number one, I would say. <laughs> How much does that everything playing out in a natural way uh, impact that specific show as opposed to something else? Like, is there another example where something doesn't really happen in a natural way in another show that's kind of bothersome to you? Um, I mean, I guess if I want to use a recent example, um, the new Netflix show based off of the E. Schwab story, First Kill. Uh-huh. It's, it, it, at least it wasn't what I expected. Like, I understand what it is now. Be like, kind of a campy. I think the show producers or whoever had mentioned, like, it was like a Buffy kind of style, like, yeah. rompery kind of thing. Um, it, But it, it, I felt like to, like, call itself a, I don't know. It just didn't focus on, like, the romance part, I guess. And, like... Yeah, it seemed pretty contrived, like they just suddenly were like destined for each other. They were going for a very Romeo and Juliet thing, mm-hmm. which they made very, it was not subtext. They literally were on a Romeo and Juliet scene and recited the lines to each other. Okay. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's it was a a fun show. It was interesting and wacky. Uh, it was not necessarily what we were thinking we were signing up for. We were very excited about like a lesbian vampire show. Um yeah, I, I don't want to, like, act like it's a bad show, no. yeah. objectively. I'm glad it's out there. Um, mm-hmm. It just wasn't necessarily for us. Yeah. 
Is there anything uh, like an all-time uh, show or movie or anything uh, with good uh, representation that, that you recommend or really like? Like maybe something older than the past year? Yeah. Um, the thing is, a lot of the sort of older shows tend to kind of show their age a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um they can be a little bit dated. Um, Especially like early 2000s shows like L Word and... <laughs> yeah, I I watched Queer as Folk uh, religiously when I was in high school and I loved it. Um, but now looking back, if I were to rewatch it, there's a lot of... I mean, everyone's white and there's like some casual like transphobia and fatphobia and just things you could nitpick that weren't necessarily... On the other end of that, though, um, one thing that comes to mind is the the Birdcage, uh-huh. Robin Williams, and uh, Nathan Lane, I think. Yeah. And that's just, it's so fun and kinky and stupid, and I love it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the first, like, lesbian movie I ever saw was, again, I think back in high school, was But I'm a Cheerleader, and I think that kind of altered the trajectory of my life a little bit mm-hmm. um so there is definitely some like good stuff out there from the past and i know as far as uh, queer as folk pe- the streaming service peacock is actually about to uh re- yes a remake and i know from the trailer that some of the diversity issues will at least yes be yes fixed. uh so hopefully some of the other issues will in the storytelling will also be uh better than they once were and w- i'm assuming you were talking about version of Queer as Folk or, or yes the- I, I watched a little bit of the version but yeah. the US version is the one I really really got into in high school and and yeah I there was a lot that I liked about it but then a lot that you know was a little problematic just because yeah. of the time period that I'm I'm pretty excited about them giving it a, a bit of a <laughs> yeah all right so let's get to the important question do you think uh, Hollywood has done enough lately when it comes to queer representation uh and i'm asking this but everybody i've talked to so far has said emphatically no there's not either enough <laughs> representation. No. yes uh, you you got it <laughs> so, so basically and and i kind of you know i think everybody well i mean anybody who's paying attention can see that uh so that leads to the really the next question what are some ways you think uh, shows, movies in Hollywood in general, or pop culture uh, can improve on, on representation in their shows or movies? Hiring the types of characters they're trying to cast, so like trans women, hire trans women actors, or like, you know. Um, so, so Jeffrey Tambor probably should not be playing a trans woman in a. Uh, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I just kind of want to touch on a little bit with like. Marvel and Disney kind of slowly introducing LGBT stuff in their shows and kind of like, I don't know if they're being super self-congratulatory about it, but it kind of that, but um, it's just like a simple, like, like whenever they confirmed that Loki was bisexual, uh-huh. it was more verbal and it wasn't like, okay, we've done our bit. Like we got him yeah. to say the word. <laughs> Kind of like when JK was like, oh, Dumbledore was gay. It's like, well, okay, well, where was that in the the context? Without all the JK transphobia. Oh, yeah. (laughs) 
not endorsing her. Sorry. No, no, I mean, like, in relation to Marvel. But, um, no, yeah. uh, I don't know. Just, like, include in the same way you would any kind of heterosexual, like, feature or story or romance or whatever. And, like, not drawing attention to it or, like, not being, like look at this gay kiss we have in this movie, you know, like, just let it happen. And like, that's how we normalize it. Yeah, exactly. Like, we love the coming out stories. um, But I would love to see a lot more diversity in like the queer stories we're telling. And it doesn't have to be about them being queer. That can just be a facet of their life. Yeah. Um, I want to ask you a couple things. And you kind of hit on it a little bit with the hiring of of uh, trans uh, people for trans roles. Uh, uh, one thing that's come up uh, in these conversations, and, and some people are bothered by it and others not so much, are, and you mentioned briefly the birdcage where Robin Williams, mm-hmm. who of course is a straight actor, was playing a gay role. Right. Does it bother you or, or is it bothersome in general when, when straight people play uh, LGBTQ roles? I think if they're doing it out of a place of like love and um I don't know like what am I trying to say like (laughs) I'm blanking here okay if you're because okay so they recently announced an Amazon Prime movie for Red White and Royal Blue the book by Casey McQuiston Mm-hmm. which we are so excited about yes. and I'm pretty <laughs> sure the two lead actors that they chose for Alex and Henry I think are heterosexual and I know mm-hmm. that that was kind of a, a little bit of a talking point in like the last couple days uh-huh. um, but the the feedback I've been seeing at least is like you know sometimes like it just fits and like maybe they were just like the perfect you know option over other people but at least like other people thought it trying to get the roles yeah i definitely think you know preference should be given when possible to to gay actors because you know they deserve the work but um i don't have nearly as much of an issue with straight actors playing gay characters as um like cis like a cis man playing a trans woman or a cis woman playing a trans man. Um, I know that was kind of the deal in the past, but I think the more we can, you know, uplift trans actors and give them platforms to, you know, not just put someone in drag on the screen, but let someone be a trans person. Yeah. I think that's a much bigger deal to me. Like the actress on Heartstopper, Yasmin, mm-hmm. she is actually, I think, going to be in Doctor in some Doctor Who special now. Oh, cool. Yeah. Yeah, I think uplifting trans actors is so important because, you know, we've got like rainbow capitalism and everybody, it's, you know, it's the PC and fun and correct thing right now to like gay people, at least, you know. Put your money where your mouth is. Yeah, like Target loves gay people and all that stuff, but there's a lot more hesitancy to celebrate trans people in popular culture and we're seeing slow shifts i think but you know the more we can do the better that's kind of come up a bit too in these conversations but why do you think that there is more um why do you think people are more inclusive towards toward gay people than trans people um i want to say it's more of a 
uh, like sexuality versus gender identity mm-hmm. you know like that's that's like your physical like body lived experience and like so is being gay of course but it's just I feel like as, at least with like acting it's a lot a lot more personable when it comes to like body dysmorphia or like body issues or like dealing with transphobia or all the roadblocks and avenues it takes to try and get where you're trying to go mm-hmm Yeah, I definitely think it's, you know, being attracted to whatever gender you're attracted to, it's a lot easier to, you know, either play that or play something else. Whereas, whereas, you know, having, if you're trans, like, that is your gender, that's your expression, that's, you know, you have to question, like, whether you're quote unquote passing or not, and it's your whole existence is political yeah um so yeah it's just kind of a whole different ballpark exactly yeah yeah. (laughs) well um before i uh let y'all go i just wanted to ask if there was anything regarding uh representation of pop culture that y'all wanted to hit on before before we wrap this up i'm a bookseller (laughs) i work at the bookstore Uh and i like just want to include books and all the pop culture stuff okay because, like, you know, like I said, we've got that Red, White, and Roll Blue movie coming. I would love to see more, like, I don't want to say better women's stories, but or, like, lesbian or, like, sapphic or whatever. Um, you should say it, though. I should say it, though, because, <laughs> like, we get all these awesome stories, like Good Omens, What We Do in the Shadows, um, Our Flag Means Death, uh, uh-huh. et cetera, et cetera. Um, young Royals. R- young Royals, yeah, Heartstopper. Um, but it's, like... I, I had so much hope for First Pill <laughs> as, like, being a, like, not just over-the-top ridiculous. Love to see, like, stuff like those stories, but with, like, women at the lead. Yeah. Yeah, there's there's so many good stories being told books that and we would really love to. And they're just translating it over to television and movies. Exactly, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Some of it can be easy, though. It's a lot of, like, contemporary stuff or, like, modern or whatever. Yeah, it's there. It's ready for an adaptation whenever <laughs> folks are ready to start looking at books. <laughs> All right. Well, I want to thank uh, thank you, Corey and Alex, for uh, joining me today. Pleasure. And uh, yeah. happy Pride Month to both of you. Thank, thank you. you very much. Thanks for having us. Yeah. Have a good one. You Thanks. too. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Once again, I'd like to thank my friends Jonathan, Cassidy, Addie, Corey, and Alex for joining me on today's podcast. And I want to remind you, you can leave us a rating or review anywhere you listen to this podcast. We're on Apple, Spotify, we record through Anchor, and you can find us there as well. And please check out the website at thewordwebzine.weebly.com where you can read our reviews, lists, articles on all things pop culture. Thanks for joining us.